It's me, it's me. It's head end to the T2G rolling once again with that BTWB Big Trouble Division taking up the whole screen. And I'm Nikki the Good, and we are the Meat Pop Express. And we have yet again another huge episode, but not just any episode. This is our first interview on the show. You know, we did interviews down at Starcast, but we actually have one on the show. And you may have seen this guy recently. You may have binged this guy recently because we have the host of Kentucky Sports Radio. We have the co owner of OVW. We have Matt Jones, the star, one of the stars of the Netflix documentary Wrestlers. He is on the Meat Pop Express this week. We got a full interview. It's about 25 minutes long. It's fantastic. We dive into the show, we dive into his passion, everything under the sun. Ben, was that not unbelievable? Was it not unbelievable with Matt? No, it was it was it was incredible, and I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Keep rolling. The timestamp's gonna be a little right below. Check it out. This interview with Matt. A lot of exclusives. We, he gives he gives his opinion on wrestling, gives his opinion as somebody coming in as an outsider in professional wrestling. And then he let he lets us know what he thinks, what he thinks about the state of wrestling. And it's it's a great interview. Uh be sure to stick around for it. Yep. And speaking of the state of wrestling, there was a bunch of things that happened this week that we just need to talk about. So the majority of this show, man, it's going to be the interview with Matt, but we got to touch upon the hot topics and I'm going to kick it off with the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. The rock came back, dude. Like what? (laughs) That pop, man. That pop. Oh, goosebumps, brother. Goosebumps. If you're watching on YouTube, man, I'm showing my goosebumps right now. That was like, you, you know what, man? People go away for a long time and like, you're just like, oh, when's he going to come back? And then he does. And it, it uh, I mean, it's just a random. It, it's no, there, there's nothing like it. And you hear that, like we talked about this with theme songs and you hear the beginning, the if you smell and that and the place within two seconds, everyone was on their feet. Babies were being thrown in the air. It was pandemonium. Where were they in Denver? In Denver, yeah, they were in, in Denver, Denver, Colorado set up perfectly by McAfee. Um, and let's say, you know what? We're going to keep talking about The Rock. Let's give a little shout out to Austin Theory. He's worked with yep. The Rock. He's worked with Austin. He's worked with Cena. He's Vince. worked with Rey Mysterio. Vince over the past year. So, all right, let's 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 chill with the hate for Austin Theory. There's obviously, they think something. Of him. But here, we're talking about The Rock here. Elect- most electrifying man. When he did the people's elbow, did you catch this, Nick? Did you catch that he kind of took a second? He took a second and he kind of just looked around and like took it all in where it's like, I don't get this anywhere else. Right. You don't you can be in a movie. You can be in a movie and like, yeah, the movie's grossing, you know, billion dollars worldwide or whatever, but you don't see people's genuine reaction. To right. It. And they, and they talked about it in like, actually like, you know, we have Matt Jones on, you know, he's an interview later in the show, but in, in the wrestlers documentary on Netflix, they talked about how that adrenaline rush that that drug of going out in front of a live audience as a pro wrestler is not something that you could like you can't if Austin would say if you bottled it up and sold it you'd be a billionaire overnight mm-hmm. i mean you could just see the rock listen he's 50 years old right still looks like a million bucks but he knows he's not going to be doing too many of these and we may be looking at the very last time we'll ever potentially see him in a wrestling ring. And I think that was alluded to where he did the interview with McAfee. They talked about WrestleMania 39, how it was locked with the old handshake and a hug, but it didn't happen. So Ben, what the hell are we doing now with the rock? Like, 
Like Cody's story, The Rock, the biggest possible match. We talked about it on this show. The biggest possible match they could do is The Rock versus Roman. What the hell is going on? What are we you doing? Know, there was there was a hot take um, recently with this. You know, I think Dave LaGreca on Busted Open was talking about how he felt like The Rock almost disrespected Cody a little bit by coming out and saying, uh, "I don't uh, saying that he was supposed to be in the 39 match with with, uh, with Roman." Now, I don't think it was actually disrespect, where it was just like, "Hey, you know, I he's letting people know like I still want to do this." Like, it's not that I, you know, I'm trying to take someone's spotlight, but like, I want to do this. This isn't because like I'm, I'm shoving it off or I'm just looking for a payday. I think he wants to be there. He genuinely wants to be there. And here's the beautiful thing about WrestleMania nowadays. It's two nights. Yeah. So who's saying we can't get Cody versus Cena and Rock versus Roman on night one winner goes on for the title match on night two of WrestleMania. And in the main event, we get Cody and Roman who... How much money? There's not. There's not enough ink to print the money for that. Which be what? Which would be what The Rock actually said would be. They want to do something unprecedented, and guess what? That is unprecedented, and guess what? It makes total sense. I would sign up for that right now. Ooh. If I have, if I had to wait for Cody to forty-one at this point. I can do it because you know what? Cody Rhodes is not going anywhere. I know he says that he wants to retire by whatever age, but listen, at the end of the day, when it's in your blood, it's in your blood. Like I'm not mm -hmm. a wrestler, but I've seen wrestlers and I've seen enough that, Hey, like, man, like you can't just turn it off. You can't just turn it off. Listen, the rock is 50. Okay. His schedule's tight. There's a, there's a strike going on in Hollywood. If it's going to happen, let's make it happen now. The Rock is back in the WWE universe. Like he's he's back now. Like I don't think people realize it. Like you're probably going to start to see him more and more time to time because the seeds are now planted with that, whether or not they were or they weren't. But I'm going to go and say they were planted and they were planted directly in the ground um, in Denver when he showed up and, and got physical in the ring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, every time The Rock comes back, we know we. You know, it's going to be it's going to pop a big number. And it sure did. It sure did, as it should unadvertised to no one. No one knew there was a little bit of rumor on the dirt sheets. They were they were speculating like, oh, he's in he's in Colorado and McAfee. Is this going to happen? Um, but you know what? It still was a huge surprise. And that's what we love about wrestling. It was a surprise. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you this. As soon as The Rock's music hit, you know what I did? I picked up my phone. You know what I did? I texted everyone to turn on the show. And mm -hmm. that's what happened back in the Attitude Ever. That's why we loved yep. it so much. Exactly. That's what made it different than what you see right now. Like when you go back and say, oh, why was the Attitude Ever so great? It was because when things were happening, you had to physically pick up your phone or like you had literally rotary and you had to dial your friend's number, get them on the phone because text did not exist and say, you need to put on Monday Night Raw right now to see what DX is doing, what Austin's doing, what McMahon's doing. Mm -hmm. That's what you had to do, and that's what we love about it. So The Rock came back. Another person that's going out, apparently, Jade Cardgill going to WWE. We we like Jade here. We're Jade. We do. We Man. do. Um, let me get your take of slap tag. You're in bed. What do you? Yeah. Um, well, as this podcast, when this podcast comes out, she might've already be at the performance center working. So I, from what we've heard and all the, all the sheets putting it out there, I think it was first, uh, first reported by our good buddy, old Sean Ross Sapp at fightful saying about Jade, making the, making the switch over to WWE. Listen, um, at the end of the day, we we love we love wrestling. We love WWE. We love AEW. We love what we love. I'll say that we love what we love, um, and we don't talk about what we don't like. So, at the end of the day, we all got to be honest with each other. 
Jade wants to be a superstar. Yep. She wants to be mainstream. She wants, and I, I'm, I don't know. I, I've met Jade once. You saw the video of what we did. You saw her put over the Meat Pop Express. That was definitely her voice, by the way. 100%. Go check out my Instagram if you want to see the video. Um, but at the end of the day, she wants to be a superstar. And look what look what just happened with WWE. They just got a purchase by Endeavor. Endeavor has a whole table boardroom full of entertainment executives and agents and people who can make that happen. AEW is great. AEW is on a mainstream uh, network. AEW does a good number. But again, it, the, the connections that someone like Nick Khan has, the connections that Vince has, Ari Emanuel has, it can really put Jade into another stratosphere. Yeah, and, and and this is I'll take some issue with what like the marks were saying. They like immediately they're like, who's she gonna wrestle? Who do you want to see her wrestle? I'm like, I don't give a shit who she's wrestling. Yo, no. When she's on the screen, you're locked and loaded staring at her. She's a mm -hmm. star. She'll mm -hmm. figure it out in the ring. She's only been doing it for like a year and a half, two years. I don't know how long. That's who it. Gives yeah, a shit? about about three you years. Need star yeah, power. You need someone who looks like her on the television screen to get more eyeballs. All right. I don't care about who she's going to wrestle. Is she going to be wrestle Charlotte eventually? You're damn right. She is. She's going to Becky. You name them all. Bianca. Bianca. Okay. Oh. And you know what it's going to be? It's going to be fucking money. Okay. So this is great. This is great. More people coming from AEW going to WWE. People going from WWE to AEW. This is great. This is absolutely great. And I think it's perfect for Jade. And I think what you said about Endeavor, you know, she's not, she's, if you listen to any interview with Jade Cargill, she is a business woman and she knows what business is. She knows what good business is. And that's what Endeavor just She's said, not, okay? she's not in, she's not in this to just be a professional wrestler. No, she's not. say that. That's, and I'm not going out on a limb saying that. She's not in this to be just a professional wrestler. She wants to be more. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. She's a absolutely brand, nothing. damn it. She's a yes. brand. Yes. Um, Another hot take that came across the internet this past week is, and and listen, Ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it to you to give me like your take on it first. But so Tony Khan, these numbers come out. Everyone's like, it wasn't eighty one thousand in in uh, in Wembley. They reported that the gate was wrong. Tony Khan's a liar. What do you think about that? Here, here's here's what I think. <clears throat> Specifically, I don't think Tony Khan is lying about the paid attendance number. I think that that is how much they got in paid attendance. Now, the turnstile number, that was about 10,000 less, right? A lot of people are trying to say Tony Khan bought 10,000 tickets. He just bought them, just to say, just to say they, have, they hit the number. I don't especially think that's true. Here's, here is my opinion on, on the topic. I personally believe that, remember, remember All In from years back, right? The first All In 2018, five years ago, I believe it was. Was it 2018 or 29? I think it was 2018. I think 2018 was 2018. First all in, 2018. Yeah. First all in. It was like a, a crowdfunding project. And they made it was the most it was the most successful independent wrestling show of all time and most likely will never be beat. So but it was a crowd. They made it like almost a crowdfunding. It was a Kickstarter. I believe that people bought tickets to all in knowing full well all in 2023. Now, knowing full well, they weren't going to go. I think they just bought the ticket to say, hey, I'm supporting AEW. I'm going to buy a $40 ticket and just say, hey, you know what? Here's the money. Here's my donation to, for what you guys are doing. I think AEW has that type of rabid fan base that they would be open to being like, 
hey, I'm donating to you, even though they're donating to a, a billion dollar company or right. supposedly, allegedly a billion dollar company. Um, I believe that's that's my take on it. I think people are just buying the ticket to say, hey, I'm helping you out. Yeah, for me, um, I just don't think it matters. I think Tony Khan is not just the owner of AEW. He's also AEW's biggest promoter. And he's going to promote it. And he's going to do whatever he has to do. And I've also been in the room with Tony many, many times. And I, he does not strike me as someone who's a liar. He's a very analytical no. guy. There's definitely some truth to the numbers that he's giving out. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he could justify them in a million different ways. Mm -hmm. um, I also just don't think it matters. I think the number no. was monstrous. And everyone just needs to move on. And yeah. but, but to you, what to you said, Ben, is that yes, pro wrestling fans, they are dedicated. They will go, you know, they will go to like lengths on lengths to make sure that they get their good wrestling. And that's part of the reason why we have our next guest. It's because we all love professional wrestling and professional wrestling. Listen, it brings the drama. It brings the mystique. It brings the storylines. It brings your eyeballs to the TV and you get engulfed with what's going on. So for you guys right now, we have an exclusive interview with the co-owner of OVW. He is the host of Kentucky Sports Radio. He is one of the stars of Netflix's documentary Wrestlers. We have Matt Jones. All right, right here, right now on the Meat Pop Express, we have the host of Kentucky Sports Radio. We have the co-owner of OVW, and you may have seen him because you've been been watching him. We know you have. We got Matt Jones from the hit Netflix special documentary, whatever it may be, Wrestlers. Matt, what's going on, man? Welcome to the Express. Hey, it's good to see you guys. And yes, it is a documentary, but I also think it's kind of a, a good television show. Nice to see Ben. He's been with us in OVW, uh, but then he was too cool to come back. Oh, oh we'll we, get it. Uh, we enjoyed having him when he was with <laughs> we'll, us. We'll get, into, we'll get into that. Netflix star we'll get into that. Let's talk. Stuck around for another <laughs> summer. He could have I'll, been, say, I'll say this. I'll you, say this. I didn't make I didn't make the best. I didn't make the best decision. I'm gonna own that. We'll talk, we'll talk through this interview. I'm gonna try to politic with you here, Matt, because now you're in the wrestling industry. It's all about politics. You know that. We'll talk a little bit more towards the end. We'll and see what so, and so will we, OBW. Ben. And so will we. So will we. Yes, Nick That's too. Exposure Nick, for the pod, Ben. Anyway, it. Matt, this That's is it. about we'll you, not about it. us. We already ah. got a feud going on. We already got a rivalry going on with this <laughs> tag team we got here. Um, listen, Matt, we the show's absolutely incredible i think i think you know that um i'm gonna kick it off just by saying like what's going on with you right now and and how has it been just ever since it started airing it's got to be crazy for you yeah it's been wild i mean you know you 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 have an idea of what's gonna happen but then when it does it's kind of crazy um you know the wrestling world is still i'm still an outsider in that world and right now we're just trying to figure out how do we take advantage of this? A lot of the issues you see in the documentary about profitability are still issues we have. So we're trying to figure out how do we best utilize this platform. But for right now, it's with a lot of pride in how good the show is. I mean, I knew I, I came up with the idea of the show. I pitched it to BBC, who, who pitched it to Greg Whiteley, the director of Last Chance You and Cheer. And I knew when he signed on, I knew it was going to be good. But I have to tell you, it even exceeded my expectations. I, I just, I think it's absolutely uh, unbelievable. And I think it's one of those things, you know, a great documentary. I don't think you even have to care about what the subject is. I think if it's really good, it'll make you care. And mm -hmm. I feel like that that's what this is. 
Well, yeah, you, you see a lot of documentaries about just either occupations or different that you never think like I never thought I'd be interested in cheerleading whatsoever. But then you watch cheer, you know, I, I just never. But because because they, they bring you in and they bring you in, and they get you involved with the with the people, the real life experiences. And that's all what we're seeing with wrestlers. You know, we're not just seeing the wrestling. And like you say in the and we'll get to this, you say in the documentary wrestling dorks which we find hysterical because that's what we, we, we yeah, compare them to. About that. <laughs> no, not us. Not us. Not us, brother. <laughs> Let me explain what I meant by that. Because <laughs> I, I do think there's like this sort of self-hating wrestling fandom out there of people who watch the sport but seem to hate it and get mm -hmm. very angry about it and like are just out there complaining all the time. Mm -hmm. And there, there's a style of wrestling that, look, if you like it, go for it. But the, I call it, you know, flips and, and break stuff over each other's head. And, like, if you like that stuff, that's awesome. But my point was the people that like that, and I do call them wrestling dorks, <laughs> they don't like us, right? Yeah. So, like, they they we're a storytelling-based organization. A lot of that is more about kind of how cool a move can you do and how wild can it get. And that's really not what we do. So, like, trying to cater to those people is dumb for us because they don't like us to begin with because they think we're old school and they, they're not a lot of them. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Now, there are a ton of wrestling fans, WWE, AEW, mm -hmm. Impact, New Japan, Picket. What we're trying to do is get them, but also we want people like my mother. I, You know, I want people who twice a year are like, let's do something fun tonight, honey. What are we going to do? Let's go to a wrestling show. That's that To me, that's what the WWE's genius is, and that's mm -hmm. what we're trying to do on a very regional, local level here. Yeah, yeah. No, of course, and that and that makes that makes perfect sense because I say this a lot, Matt. I say that pro wrestling sometimes can be can be its own worst enemy because a lot of stuff that'll pop on Twitter, it ain't going to pop to like the normal casual fans. I, I say it a lot is that. I'm in you know, a group chat with people and I've with about 13 of my good friends, all the same age. I'm the only one that really watches wrestling. I'm the only one that's really active on Twitter. So it's not always the Twitter audience that's what you're looking for. And why it's, wouldn't you? And why do wrestling fans? I don't understand the Twitter wrestling world that wants that. I mean, objectively, let's say you hate OVW, you hate Matt Jones, you hate Al Snow, whatever. Netflix decided to do a documentary mm -hmm. about the form of entertainment we love and arguably the greatest sports director that's ever done it in recent years is doing. Mm -hmm. If you love the sport of pro wrestling, you should be excited about this. That doesn't mean you have to like it, but you should be excited. And the amount of people that it seemed like just want to shit on it just because, well, why is it not GCW? Why is it not? <laughs> like, that's not the point. You know, they didn't go to Last Chance U. They didn't go to Alabama. They didn't go to Notre Dame. They went to East Mississippi Community College. Mm -hmm. They didn't go. They know nobody's arguing we're the best place in the world. They came here, A, because this money mark that you all call me actually pitched <laughs> it and got it made. And B, and B, because it's a story of trying at the bottom level. So I will say, a lot of these wrestling people that just sit there and whine, Oh, look how stupid that owner is, blah, 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 blah. Did they get a documentary made on Netflix? No. Mm -mm. Then shut your mouth. Damn. How about that promo, Nick? 
He's I a, love he's that fully, promo. He's fully uh, in the wrestling. Listen, listen, I'll point. tell you, listen, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, like I always say, if you can get my wife to sit down and stop watching like Dateline and like the murder mysteries or the Hallmark channel to watch what she just watched over the past few days, you're on to something. And that's where you pull on the harsh strings of actual mm-hmm. just regular people, right? Wrestling is for everyone, but not everyone knows that they love wrestling because not everyone understands what it is. It's not just the flips you talk about. It's not just the acrobatic moves, right? It's the storytelling. There's real people behind the screen, right? There's real people there. And that's what Ben and I always talk about. It's why we kind of started this show. It's because those storylines, that's what we want to get back to. And it's why people love it as a kid. Look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying when I see some athletic match, I'm not impressed. Okay. But the reason that I watched it and the reason that kids watch it is that, you know, if you watch the documentary, Al and I have a lot of disagreements about things, but where we agree is on that. Mm-hmm. We both agree. That's what's great about wrestling. And that is what will, I think makes it successful. So look, you know, we're trying to do weekly television and you could debate whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. A lot of that's in the documentary, but we're trying to do something that these other organizations are just not trying to do. Now, maybe it's stupid. We'll see. But Netflix didn't want to go watch people bust light bulbs over each other's head because that's not going to get your wife to watch it. Right. If you're, excuse me, I'm a little sick. If your wife watched it, episode five with Haley and Marie is probably the hardest thing for her to watch. The thing that was the closest, whereas everything else, that's what we're going for. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, like I'm, I'm a parent, right? I got two kids. Like, Watching that, you know, episode. And if you haven't gotten there, if you're watching this right now, you haven't gotten there. Just get be prepared to feel real human emotion. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Like, get prepared to feel that because you're not just talking about guys on the indies and girls on the indies trying to make it. It's far greater than that because when the belt, when the ring, you know, when the when the one two three happens and they go home, they got to be real people. And there's real stories, real emotions that gets through with this this document. You know, this I keep saying documentary, but this essentially well, it is films, a documentary. I want to be clear about that. Yeah, for sure. I want to be clear about that. So here's here's the way this progressed. When when we, when I talked to Greg Whiteley, he said to me, Matt, when I do documentaries, the people involved, the, the people on it can have no say in the content. None. So I we gave them total control. Carbon, and yeah. I think when you watch that, you, when you watch the documentary, in my opinion, along with maybe Beyond the Map, it's the rawest look at wrestling that I have ever seen. There's no, I mean, there are people trying to guess, you know, how much of it is a shoot, how much of it, it is all real, all of it. The only thing they came and asked me about is I have a medical incident in it, which I know if you've seen it, you've seen. And they asked me, do you want us to take it out? And then they talked to me about why they thought it was important to put it in. And I said they could put it in, which was, you know, not an easy thing to do. But at the same time, I thought it made sense to do for a variety of reasons. But the reason I think it's so captivating to people is these are regular human beings, flawed human beings, all of us, me, Al, Haley, Maria, Cash, we're all flawed in some ways, right? And this is showing that. And I think what makes it so powerful, like take the Haley Maria stuff, is the real life drama between the two of them then comes into the ring, right? And then it becomes part of the actual match. And to me, that's where wrestling, that's why, Nick, you fell for it. Ben, you fell for it. 
that's where it becomes something bigger than watching people run around in their underwear. Yeah. And I, I think that's why the this, this show seems to work for a lot of people. Well, that that's that's so true, because at the end of the day, you know, it's the stories that are bringing people in. We can go through the history of wrestling and all the great stories. And that's what the people remember. Um, and is that Matt, is that is that what has you, drawn you into being part of the being part of professional wrestling? Is what is that is that what you really are looking for? And what exactly makes great wrestling to you? What, well, so what I, makes I came into it. I came into it for two reasons. One, it was about to close. And I mean, they say this in the documentary, but it's it's even more true than they say, like. If Craig and I didn't invest in it, it was going to go away, probably. Mm -hmm. Right. So we, I, I want, I wanted, I just sold my my sports website, and I was looking for something new to do. And then the second thing, I really love the state of Kentucky, and OVW has a long history in Kentucky, and I wanted to sort of try to save it in Kentucky. But then mm -hmm. once I got involved, I became very, very invested in the people in it. So you have this situation where there's all these wrestlers. They are going for their dreams. They are passionate. They are a family. And they and I wanted to help them succeed. But what I think is interesting is, and you see this in the documentary, even though my motives were pure and I was trying to help them, that's not how they thought, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I was having a really hard time winning these people over. And there was a personal sense in which I'm trying to help you all and you all don't seem to like me or trust me. And why is that happening? And you see a lot of that in the show, and it's real. Like, I was living that. Now, things are are better in that regard now. But that was a year ago, and it was difficult. So, but why did I get into it? Look, I, I, I'm i like a lot of people my age. Grew up with the Hogan flair mm -hmm. stuff. Was in college in the Attitude Era. Um, you know, mm -hmm. then at various points have come back over the years with Cena and, you know, the Lesnar, et cetera, CM Punk, and then kind of back and forth. I went through some years where I didn't watch it, started again probably around the time AEW came on the scene, and, and I think WWE has been a lot better recently. So, But for me, it's all about the stories. I mean, a perfect yeah. example. To me, the best thing wrestling's done in seven or eight years is the whole Roman Reigns, Usos, mm -hmm. Sami Zayn. That's all story. Like, it's not mm – -hmm. I mean, the matches are good, too, because those guys are good workers – but at the end of the day, the reason it's good is the story, and that's mm -hmm. what I believe is so so important about. Yeah. It. Ben, and when it need, comes, do we need to make do we need to make him the third member of the Me Pop Express? Because I literally I just so. feel I mean, like he just, just explained the last like five years of my wrestling experience. Absolutely, no. I mean, he's 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 summed up everything we've said in the past five episodes very succinctly. I'll say, um, Matt. Now you, you're talking about story, and I noticed like in the documentary that a lot of a few wrestlers were really heavily focused on. Right. And was this a choice by Netflix or did, did you not know how it was going to come out at the I mean, end? I, didn't like, know who they, I mean, over time, you got a sense of who they were going to focus on by who they spent the most time with. Gotcha. Um, okay. But I mean, I basically I sat down with the director before and I said, here's everybody we have and here's yeah. their life. And they I think they probably spent a little bit of time at the beginning with everyone. And mm -hmm. then they sort of, I think, felt uh, who I have to tell you, I didn't think I'd be on it at all. I mean, I thought like. You know, I thought I might be in some shots, but the idea of me and Al being a storyline, I think that's something that Greg sort of, you know, he was around and he just noticed mm -hmm. that that was a thing. Um, but I think they, they you know, look, Haley and Maria are drama from from moment one. So, like, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't shocked they picked them. I wasn't shocked they picked Cash Flow because he's such a compelling personality. I, mm -hmm. I was surprised at how much they were interested in Shira, but then when I saw his story on the show, I understood it, right? Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. 
Brian Kennison, the announcer. I think part of the reason they spent time with him is everybody's been that employee that's working hard, trying to make it, and then their boss, a.k.a. me, is hard on them and they feel underappreciated. Like, I think all of those things are sort of pe- things people can relate to outside of the world of wrestling. A hundred percent. And you mentioned and that's why I think it works. You mentioned the attitude error before and why we watch it. If you look at it, like you are the authority figure on that show, right? Like you and Al essentially are playing that, ro- you know, that role of that authority figure. And you were so pivotal. And I, and I really do appreciate you bringing up the whole, the medical condition piece of what it is and you making that decision because like, it really like struck home and it was a pivotal turning point in the documentary for sure for you, especially, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're, I think you were almost like humble there. Like you are very pivotal, pivotal to this show. And I, I just want to express that to you. I thought you did a phenomenal job in, in helping weave everything throughout the entire presentation. Well, I mean, you know, Greg, when he was talking to me about keeping that in there, you know, he said like, look, is this, is this okay? And he said, I think a lot of the people in your company have looked at you differently since then. And he said, it will be impossible for me to show why that happened unless they see you, you see this. And I said, well, I mean, look, here's one of the things everybody, everybody in wrestling says, if it draws and it makes money, then let's do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. Great. It's a great Al story too. So, you know, a couple of weeks before the documentary came out, I went up to Al and I said, look, I have no idea because we didn't get to see it until it came out. I had no idea what was on it until it dropped on Netflix. So I said to Al, I'm like, look, I'm sure in this documentary, there's going to be some stuff where you say bad things about me. And I probably, excuse me, said bad things about you. I hope that won't affect our relationship today. And he said, hey, if it draws money, it's all good. (laughs) Well, that's his view of life, right? That's a wrestler's view of life. And I think I took the view of, okay, I'm comfortable with who I am. If the people that watch this think I'm a villain, all right, I know that, I mean, I lose a ton of money in this. I'm not doing it for money. I'm trying to make this thing work. And if it ends up helping the storyline of the show, fair enough. No, that's great. I mean, we see through, we see through history. I mean, we just talked on our last episode, Vince McMahon, making out with Trish Stratus right in front of his wife, who was supposed to be comatose. Um, we, you had the whole angle with Lita and Edge and Matt Hardy that, hey, it's like, let's put it in, but here's the put it in the storyline. I agree with all that, but this is real life, right? Is, so what's yeah. different about this is, you know, Vince could always say, I mean, I don't know what Vince is like in real life, <laughs> but Vince could always say that character you see on the show, that's not Vince McMahon. Now, maybe it was or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah. But he could <laughs> he could say that. Yeah. The character you see in wrestlers, that's me. That's right. Just like that's, Jones, yeah. that's just my life. I'm not on you know, guys, I'm not even on the show. Like the the show we put on the air. I never go on the show. I don't have a character on the show. That's just me in real life. And so it's almost more vulnerable in some ways. Cash flow and I were talking mm. about this. It's one thing to play a character that's unlikable. It's another thing when you're being yourself and people think you're unlikable. Yeah. That's harder. Yeah. But at the same time, it is what it is. Can I ask you a question about watching the show? So you just said you did not see it until it aired. Were they I, let us. I they don't let us. I don't know how I would react to that, but I feel like I would just be sweating every single I was. second. Or it was, <laughs> was that the way I it was? was? 
I was terrified. I mean, I what episode? Um, what episode to you would you? What would you say is the best episode for the casual viewer and for you specifically? I'm interested in that. I think the three best episodes on the show, if I'm being objective, are three, five, and seven. I think okay. the episode with me is probably because it's so shocking. I think to people, powerful the, the Haley and Maria storyline episode in their lives. And then I think the finale is amazing. I mean, I, I think the finale is one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. I, I really believe that. I, I don't know what you guys think. I just think the way they shot that and, and all of it. I also think in episode three, the part where they're in Harlan, Kentucky, and they're showing the parallels of coal and of wrestling and like a town trying to get past coal and OVW trying to reclaim its, its glory. And yeah. that, I think that's just such an amazing sequence they do there. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, you know, I was terrified thing that we knew it came out at 3am. I had been uh -huh. told by some people in Netflix that the first couple episodes were hard for me in terms of how I was going to look. And so I got up at five and I watched and it was, it was one of the strangest things in my life sitting yeah. there wondering what's going to be on this thing. Mm -hmm. And then. I have to tell you, the medical incident, I thought that would be easier for me to watch than it was because I've lived through it, but I've never seen it. You know right. what I mean, guys? Like, I've never, I've lived through it, but I've never actually seen it. Other people see it, not me. Mm -hmm. And so that was, uh, that was, that was tough. But I'm, I really respect how Greg handled everything. I thought it was a fair portrayal. There's a couple things I could quibble with, but. I'm sure everybody could do that. Of course. Overall, I thought it was a very fair and accurate portrayal of everyone involved. No, that's interesting what you say about Harlan, Kentucky, because that's that's actually the show I went to about two years ago when I was down at OVW with Brandon. Um, the day after was I think that I think it was the Harlan, Kentucky Fair. I believe it was. And yes, it's, you were at that one. I was at that one. Yeah, it was me versus uh, you were there Tony Gunn. When the guy got arrested and all. I don't that, know. It right? was two years ago. It wasn't last summer. So oh, I don't it was two know. years ago. Okay, yeah, it was gotcha. 2021 and. Um, it's true. It, you see the you see the people there, and it was a great it was a great time. They were awesome fans. They they came out in droves. Obviously, it was a fair show, so you're already going to have people there regardless. Um, but the town, I I totally understood what it what you know what they're trying to show there is that it, it is a run. You know, the town's kind of run down. It's not you know, and it's and, and there's it a used lot. to be. Well, I mean, the parallels between Harlan and OVW are very strong. Mm. Harlan used to be a booming coal town. I bet population yeah. probably sixty thousand. And mm -hmm. now the population's like 20. Mm -hmm. And OVW used to produce legends associated with the WWE, Lesnar, et cetera. And the way they do that <clears throat> parallel of us, of Harlan trying to still make it, and OVW still trying to make it, I just thought it was brilliant. I've never thought about them doing that. But I think those 10 minutes of the start of episode three, those 10 minutes mm -hmm. are as good a 10-minute sequence about wrestling, as you'll see, because it's much deeper than just showing people getting hit in a ring. Of course, right? Of course, no, it's it's, got. it's great stuff. Now, I, I do want to I want to transition a little bit over over to sports. We're gonna we're gonna segue a little bit, Matt. Um, now, I mean, you're really perfect to be involved in wrestling because at the end of the day, in the state of Kentucky, your sports allegiance makes you the biggest baby face, and it also makes you the biggest heel. In the state of Kentucky, true. True. how do you yeah, how do you how do you how do you tell that how do you tell that line? I mean, you got you got obviously Kentucky fans, you got Louisville fans, and and you're running a company in Louisville now. So how are you telling? How are you yeah, telling? You just be who you are and tell the truth. If they don't <laughs> tell like the it, truth. Then they can deal with it. I that's mean, that's it. you know, that's it. Uh, 
Louisville, look, what's what are Louisville fans going to say? They've basically been known for strippers and, and prostitutes <laughs> the last five to eight years. What what are you going to do? You know. Oh man, I I don't know if I told you I had a good buddy on the on the Louisville team, um, Mike Mara, um, the shooter. Oh, is that your buddy? Team. Okay. Yeah, we played we played um, basketball growing up in Rhode Island. So we're both from both from Rhode Island, both played on the same both played on the same AAU teams. So I want a big exclusive here, Matt. And don't be I I'm not looking to be biased here. I want to hear it from you. Are you counting that 2000 10 years later? Are you counting that 2013? Well, I mean, title? they won. Okay. Uh, I, like, I, <laughs> like the NCAA can take it away, but everybody remembers they won. They won. They so won. I, I think they won. I'll tell you a funny story about your friend Mike Mara. Uh -huh. When he came to U of L, Rick Patino, who's the biggest liar that's ever <laughs> been in sports. <laughs> Rick Pitino came out and said Mike Mara was the best shooter he'd seen as a co coach since Larry Bird. And we were like, all right, slow down just a little bit, you know. And mm -hmm. then he's a nice guy, but I don't even know if he started at Louisville. He had, a, had everybody thinking he was Larry Bird. Yeah, you know, he had a, he had a few big games. And really, you know, unfortunately, his junior, senior year, he tore his ACL twice. A um, few big games really crushed Syracuse because obviously they run the two three zones, so they were he was able to light them up a little bit. Um, it's just he was a great athlete too. He came that came out of nowhere. One day he woke up and all of a sudden he was doing windmills on people. He couldn't jump a lick, and all of a sudden one summer it just happened. Um, but yeah, no. Besides the point. Okay, I, I I have the same. I say the same thing. They won. It's it wasn't really anything really on the yeah, court. It's totally you know. uh, it's it's totally good. And Nick, I have to tell you, I. Uh, uh, I'm glad you all are doing this. You know, there's a lot. I, I, we, I've been kind of doing the wrestling podcast world. It's a new world for me. I mean, I, I don't know anyone in wrestling besides, this is weird, the people that work at OVW and Tony Khan. I don't know one other person. Like, like the, in the wrestling world, and I only know him because he and I had a lot of talks during this documentary about things we might do together, and then it all got nixed by HBO. But I mean, they were going to play a role in all this, yep. and then HBO wouldn't wouldn't allow it. So, um, so it's good to see people that I think are are uh, normal's not the word because most wrestling fans are normal, but like people kind of who are associated with other walks of life who get who love wrestling as much as I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is like the like this is why I'm in the 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 closet underneath my stairs is because this is where I have to go. Like upstairs, I'm a dad, I'm a father, I'm a regular human being, I'm a regular dude. But I come downstairs into this room with this like little like throwback to my childhood and I just love to talk about professional wrestling. And I will say and like what's funny is like your journey coming into OVW is like you I don't know Ben if you would agree with me but like I Matt Jones just made for pro wrestling. I mean, between the promo, but that's weird Lizzie, because like, a lot you of know people you are. Well, you know I almost—I mean, I almost ended up running against Mitch McConnell. So I've had a weird life. I mean, I was a lawyer. You know, I wrote a book about Mitch McConnell. I have a radio show. So, like, my mom didn't even know I liked wrestling until I until I bought this company. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not allowed to post anything I do on like where, wherever my wife's friends are. If they're on like Instagram, yes. she won't even let me like she's like, you are not putting yourself with your glasses and your dumb vest on anything where my friends can see you. So like I just live in like an ulterior. But I think there's a lot of us, Nick. I, I, I what I've learned since this show come, came out, I've had a bunch of my friends. I went to law school at Duke who've written me and sort of said. You know, I kind of like wrestling too, and I thought they that was all a great love show. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, they all like love it. There's a whole group of people that, um, you know, that, and I'm actually writing a book about wrestling right now and about how sort of wrestling, I say, explains 
politics and the world. I mean, because I think mm -hmm. a lot of what you see Same thing. right now in the political world is kind of wrestling was kind of a precursor to it. And uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try to get all boring here, but on the okay. show, if you watch this documentary in that construct, you can see a little bit about how wrestling does sort of explain a lot of our modern uh, political landscape. A hundred percent. I don't even think it's debatable. Not to mention you got Lauren Boebert getting caught on GTV on the gold dust GTV in the, uh, you know, yes. she's sitting in, yes, I love in it. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Jack that straight from GTV. That's gold yeah, dust. This thing he got before he left the fed that it's all, it's all related. It's all related. But one more question before you go. Ben, what do you mean you were you going to be on this documentary? Okay, so let me let me let me tell it. All right, I'll tell my point. All right, so Netflix comes to me once they agreed to do it, and we went through the roster and we saw what we had, and they said, "All right, what are three or four people we could bring in to sort of join the group that would make maybe advance the story?" And I I, I thought of a couple. Honestly, the people we brought ended up not even being used much. But one of the people I thought about was Ben because I thought of the Barstool connection. I thought it was <clears throat> he was interesting. He would be an outsider. Our group is kind of weird about outsiders. When I met him, I knew he was smart. And I thought it would be nice to have a really smart person around. He turned us down. And decided not to be part of it, okay. and he missed the chance to be on the documentary. I did, I did, no, and I, and I, I do regret it. I, I say it to my wife all the time. It was a tough, it was tough timing. We just moved, we just bought a house, um, was in between jobs at the time too, and I just got a new job, so it was a very, it was a difficult timing. Um, if it was this summer, I would have been, I would have been all in. Unfortunately, it wasn't, and that's how we, that's how it rolls. But Matt, I'm saying, you know, I got now this guy, two people, I got turned out by two the other one? people. Ben Bishop and the Outrunners, who are now in AEW. So I wish you we the like exact them. same amount of success. I love their style. I think they have a. I think yeah. they have a great look. Those two specifically, yeah, they do. a great look. Young, yeah, they're still with us, but they just couldn't commit. They wouldn't commit to the whole summer, but it did work out for them. Well, here's the thing, man. You know, a um, I appreciate we appreciate you coming on this podcast, even though I did, I did respectfully turn you down last summer but that's all right let's let's say would you want the me pop express coming into ovw hey, if we get jacked. a season two if we get a season two you are welcome to come and if we get it listen i i think it would be great for it'd be great for ovw but it'd be great for wrestling if we got a season two yes because i think i i think if netflix if this show and it's done well but if it takes another leap up, I think Netflix is will do a greater investment in wrestling, which I think is great for everybody. Yeah, I'm they, all in. And they can I'm use, all in. They can my... use this. They can use this this interview in the actual documentary too, Ben, oh, to show can. your comeback story from when you rejected uh, him. Thus, respectfully rejected. All respectfully of our rejected. All, rejecting him, <laughs> throttling all of our momentum as a tag team. Oh, thank you, Matt, know, for for this. This was great. That's it. No, Matt, thank thank you so much. And yeah, you heard it here first. There's if there's a season two, old big trouble is going to be taking the Meat Pop Express straight we'll to Louisville, Kentucky. Choo choo, choo baby. Choo choo. All right, Matt. Thank you again. Uh, this was awesome really appreciate your time anything else you wanted to say to finish no we're good thank you appreciate it. Good, good luck guys all right man incredible interview with matt i i will go on a not so long limb here ben and say this guy was meant for professional wrestling oh uh, you guys you guys heard it you heard him he cut he cut promos um he has he has just an innate charisma 
about himself. He he's and he he says he's not involved in the OVW show, but I I forgot to say it to him. I'm like, why don't you be involved? Maybe we need you know we need a a, a Mister Jones coming yeah. out like a Mister McMahon character. Maybe slick the hair back. Maybe Mister Jones black. is a great name for Mister Jones for an coming out. Too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I think we need we need something like that in OVW. And you heard it, folks. You never know. Old BT Double B could be on season two. We'll see. Oh my, oh we'll my. See. Maybe I'll we'll slip see. in the background. Like uh, maybe no, the like, Meat Pop uh, Express let, always rolls together. We'll, no, we'll, I'll be like the Rock's intern. Remember when the Rock showed up and he the <laughs> yeah, intern yeah, came yeah. across, did the little pan with his phone? That's gonna be me, brother. Um, but then then Matt, really seriously, if you're watching this, thank you so much for your time and appreciate you coming on, spending some time with these two goofballs with these glasses on with the shades on the sunnies. Um, but um listen, before we close out the show, we do have a bit of an announcement. So this is big time, folks, because you know the Meat Pop Express only does it big. But we are coming out with our own. It's going to be the PWM10, the pro wrestling media top 10, baby. Yep, we're going to be ranking, listing. Yep, just like the PWI, we're going to be ranking the top in all of pro wrestling media. It's going to be our list. It's totally unbiased. Totally unbiased. unbiased. There's no bias in this list whatsoever. But here, here's the criteria, though. You can't be an active wrestler. You can't be like a wrestler of, and I'm talking like big, big, giant promotions here, folks. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can't have like the reach of like 3 million people. So you can't be an active wrestler. You can't be an old time school wrestler. We're talking pure wrestling journalists, brother. Mm -hmm. Independence. Okay. That's yep. what we're talking about. We're going to rank them. The PWM 10 is the most prestigious list in all the professional wrestling media that. It's going to list the top 10 and it's by a completely unbiased set of journalists panel. Ben. The most credentialed journalists of all time. We're coming off the heels of the totally unbiased, totally fair PWI 500 that everybody loves. Yep. And no one ever has a bad thing to say about it. So we're going to put out our list, piggyback off of their success right. and give you guys the top 10 pro wrestling media personality like how could they not have vin kingo ranked one how could they not do oh dude you know that, that but i think that the, the whole list was perfect everybody was exactly where they should be yep um except ben you should have been one anyway hey you know what it's it's okay it's okay. um but we're gonna move on to get your shit in to close out the show this was a jam-packed show i'm exhausted was. But i'm sweating in this basement brother but what do you got to <laughs> plug right now no, you know, right now, um, wrestling's taking a little bit of a backseat, got some other things coming up. But last weekend, as we, I don't know if any of you guys saw it, I was in Vermont, Burlington, Vermont, where I went to school. If you don't know, now you'll know I played basketball for the University of Vermont from 09 to 13. It was actually also alumni weekend, which was great. A lot of former former teammates, former coaches, current players in the team. Vermont basketball is one hell of a culture. Um, friend of the program, I know Jake Jake Marsh. I did commentary with him one time and uh, on, during a Vermont during a Vermont game, and um, he was part of the culture as well, and he knows damn well what it's like at Vermont. So shout out to the Vermont Catamounts. Always have a place in my heart. Love Burlington, Vermont. But moving forward, um, for us, hey, you know, Nick, we got some cool stuff lined up. We do. We're not going to say it. We're not going to say it. A lot of cool stuff lined up for the Meat Pop Express. A uh, ton more. We had our first interview today. We got a ton more interviews that are lined up. Not going to say who it's with, but you'll know soon enough. Yeah, we're not going to say it's who it's with, but they are coming. All right. So uh, 
Get ready, the Meat Pop Express. We are here. We're here to stay. And we are going to be here every Friday on YouTube. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. Please leave your reviews for us and make sure you follow us everywhere, brother. And I'm talking at Meat Pop Express. I got all the handles. I got them all. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Okay? We're everywhere. Um, We have threads, but we're not going to use it. Uh, but you can follow Ben at Big Trouble BB on Twitter, on TikTok. You can follow me at Nikki the Good on Twitter, on TikTok. Make sure you follow us, support the Me Pop Express, and get ready to get ready. And Ooh. Ben, do you got anything else to say? All things I've left to say is keep it positive, keep it trucking, and always keep the shades on because the sun never sets on a cool guy. Uh, later, Marks.